0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom Time to check in with our good friends at Pro Football Focus. George Cherubri joining us on Hump Day. George, good to see you, my friend. Um, I want to get into real quickly... Mr. Luke Keekley, Luke, who hangs it up yesterday <laughs> at age 28. A little perspective on just how good he was in just eight years in the NFL.
1: He was fantastic. I mean, he was the most valuable linebacker using PFF war that uh, we've seen in the PFF era. So uh, that gives you a sense of just how good he was in only eight years. Obviously, the PFF era goes back 15. So Um, He was tremendous. He was the highest graded linebacker of the past decade. And I think the way that he did it, you know, he wasn't just a physical guy, right? He played coverage as well as any linebacker. And so he was able to make a huge impact even in today's NFL at the linebacker position. Uh, It's sad to see him go, obviously, but man, it it was great to watch him play while he was there.
2: George, you mentioned PFF War. I know this is relatively new for you guys. Can you explain for our listeners exactly what it is and how you guys are coming at that number?
1: Yeah. So if you think about the PFF grade, the PFF grade is within a position, right? So I would look at uh, all quarterback grades and I could say, okay, this, these are the you know five best quarterbacks, but how do I compare a quarterback that grades 95 with a defensive interior player or a cornerback that, that grades at a 95? That's a, Really valuable or tough question to answer, but it's also a lot of value within that answer because I want to know just how much more valuable is a quarterback uh, that that grades that high, like Pat Mahomes versus Aaron Donald. You know, which one is actually more valuable? And so we put that into a currency that everyone can understand, which is wins above a replacement level player. How many wins are you gaining by having this player on your team above having a guy that you could pick up off the practice squad in, in his place? And it's all. It's also built off of how well a player grades, um, but it's put into a, a mathematically rigorous uh, algorithm that then it, uh, translates it into uh, a currency that we can all understand, which is wins. Um, and it allows you to compare in between positions, across positions, which uh, is really something that we have not been able to do in football yet. I mean, you do this in baseball all the time, um, but it is a first of its kind for football.
0: Get a lot of data, all the best stuff on PFF.com. Got to check them out right now. Talking to George Taruri from Pro Football Focus. And you guys have an excellent breakdown on the debate raging through college sports. It's if they came out right now, Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow, who is the best quarterback right now and who would go number one in your estimation and why?
1: It's got to be Joe Burrow. Uh, He has answered every single question. And the the big one for me really is age and environment. So Joe Brady obviously created a really nice offensive environment there at at LSU. They had a ton of playmakers. But the same is true at Clemson, right? I mean, they had some fantastic playmakers. They had a wonderful environment for Trevor Lawrence to perform in. And he did not perform as well. Joe Burrow has been more accurate at each level of the field. Um, and that is just something that you can't ignore. You can't just all of a sudden go with, he's younger, he's more talented, I can project him a little bit better three years down the road. You have to look at what they produce produced so far, and so far, that's, that's Joe Burrow, and there really isn't a question. In two years, we there's a chance we're saying something differently, but right now, if you had to project him forward, uh, it's Joe Burrow.
2: So, George, you kind of hinted at this, but specifically the age component of it You guys have been doing this for a while now. Is there enough data to suggest how much a player in general and maybe a quarterback in particular progresses over their age 20 to age 23 seasons to say, okay, Burroughs grades a 95, Lawrence is a 90, but based on what other quarterbacks do, Lawrence should be a 96 by the time he's 23. (laughs) Yeah, we build that in. So we have
1: a a system that projects from college to the pro level. Uh, you know, what do you expect this guy to be at the pro level in, you know, in three years and four years at the end of a certain contract, whatever it is. And that is one of the variables that we take into consideration, but it's not as important as all of the other things, right? How freaking good is this guy, right? Uh, How do you perform from a clean pocket? Um, How did he throw the ball at the intermediate level when he made throws that you see at the NFL level? How did he perform on those throws? Those are all so much more important. So you can't just, it's not going to be that big of a jump, right? Um, It definitely matters. And it helps. um, It helps you certainly for that second contract, but here's the thing with the quarterback position. It's way less valuable at the quarterback position where guys are playing for 20 years at running back at wide receiver at linebacker. We just talked about Luke Kuechly. Their careers are so much shorter that age definitely does matter because when you sign them to that second contract, you know, are you getting them for their prime or not? At the quarterback position, it's way less of a, of a question mark.
0: This is the stuff you get with the PFF subscription. Check them out. Talking to George Teruri, uh, another quarterback getting a lot of attention and for good reason, of course, is Tua Tugavailoa. And some interesting news from Mike Rodak that Tua expects to be healthy. And throw for NFL teams by April, a huge surprise out of the camp uh, for Tua. Um, where do you expect him to go? Will he even be around at number seven? When Carolina, a lot of talk about them wanting him. Can he even make it beyond the top
1: five? I, I can't imagine so. Um, l- let me put it this way. If you do not have a top 10 quarterback, you should be drafting a quarterback. Like, I just I don't know how else to put that because you're not a contender unless you are in unless you can get a top 10 quarterback performance out of your team um, or out of, out of that guy. Look at the Niners, for example. Right. Jimmy G's mm-hmm. right on that cusp. They have Kyle and they have a great offense. And that's why they've gotten where they've gotten. So if he makes it past five, I would be absolutely stunned. I think and this is a bold claim. I don't think they're going to do it. But the Redskins should be thinking about him at two. Because they don't know anything about Dwayne Haskins yet. And the only thing that can get you to that next level is a great quarterback. So why not take shots at quarterback? I would be stunned if he makes it to seven. Um, there's no way he makes it past Miami.
2: So, George, I want to piggyback off of Dave's question. Where would Tua fit in the Burrow-Lawrence you know, conversation?
1: I think he'd be number three. Uh, I, I really do think the injury concern is real. Um, and that's, that's tough to say because he's so young, um, and, and you expect him to be able to heal up, but, uh, availability is one of the most valuable things in football. And so not having a guy for, even if it's a couple games a season, that really matters. I mean, that's actually something that is a huge component of your wins above replacement. How many snaps are you able to play and at what level? So um, I would put him behind those two guys, but it's certainly those. There would be those three, and then a big, big gap between uh, Tua and whoever your number four is. If that's Herbert, or um, I, I would assume for most people it's Herbert.
2: So, what if there was no health concern for Tua? Where would he be?
1: No health concern. I, I think you put him right there with with Trevor Lawrence. Then I, his accuracy at the intermediate level of the field is so. It's just pinpoint and he certainly doesn't have the, the physical ability you know, to win on the run. And I think we're seeing now in the NFL, you can really leverage that, um, that running ability of a quarterback to help your offense overall. I, I personally would take Lawrence, um, but it would be very close. I
0: don't get Justin Herbert. Uh, Help me understand. Look, I I, I see a terrifically, uh, just a well-balanced human being, a smart guy, a great athlete, and a wildly inaccurate passer. I just don't understand this guy. Help me understand why analysts, and and like yourself, it sounds like, are so high on a guy that quite often is putting up 100-yard games and 55% 55% completion percentage. I mean, look at his bowl game, 14 to 20, 138 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, and that's not an outlier. He put up a lot of stinkers like that this season.
1: It's it's honestly crazy to me that he's being put in the same, you know, uh, the conversation with some of these other guys at the top. I mean, you've heard rumblings of teams that are, that are in the top seven, even the top five that really like him. And I agree with you. He's just so – there's so much volatility to his game. And the reason people really like him is that he's shown the high end, the ceiling, the the really good throws. You see see those you go, if he can just do that more, we'll be great. The problem is projecting a guy to do things more when he's already shown a propensity not to is a real big leap of faith. The the thing in the NFL is you just don't have many options at quarterback. So by virtue of how valuable that position is, he's going to go high. But there is a a large chasm between him and those other three guys you mentioned. The problem is because of his positional value. And and basically everyone at that point has a ton of question marks in in his tier. He's going to go high because of how he looks in shorts and how he throws the ball when it looks good.
2: Steve, uh, Steve, <laughs> sorry, George. Uh, <laughs> don't let's get don't to, you uh, dare I'm,
1: compare me to Steve Alzola and that cherry girl. I'm, I'm struck, <laughs> like,
2: I- dude, you guys are almost twins. You're, you're almost, almost twins at this point. How tall are you, George?
1: I'm a hair under six seven.
2: <laughs> are
1: you really that tall? No, no, no. no. I'm, uh, I'm a hair under six foot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to get to the conference championship games a little bit. Let's go Jimmy G. Um, it looked like in the second half of that game that Kyle Shanahan kind of took the ball out of his hands a little bit. Do you think that his play is concerning to you or do you think Jimmy G has fared well and he's ready for Sunday?
1: If if what you're concerned by is what you saw in the divisional, then then I, I don't really know if you've watched the rest of the season. Because the things that he did poorly in that game, right, threw, threw the ball right at the linebacker a couple of times, that's what he's done all season. So that was a concern coming into the playoffs. I actually do not believe that Kyle Shanahan took the ball out of Jimmy G's hands because he didn't have confidence in it. The reason he took the ball out of Jimmy G's hands is because the Vikings were not there to play. And the only reason the Vikings scored was because Akella Witherspoon Got burned a couple of times once once emmanuel mosley came in they were literally incapable of moving the football and every time that the niners snapped the ball they were blowing the vikings three four yards off the line of scrimmage so to me it was more about kyle Shanahan recognizing that there was no chance in hell that the vikings were going to put up a fight and saying why should i risk jimmy g took a a, a hit right that ankle injury looked like it could have been very serious i think that was more about being able to win without having to put jimmy g at risk than not trusting him that doesn't mean there aren't question marks but they don't they don't come from that game that's just been a season-long thing he, he is at this point you have to say the weakest of the four quarterbacks remaining There are obviously three you know fairly strong ones um but but he is certainly uh from a pff grading standpoint i think um uh, the weakest of that bunch
0: Talking to George Taruri, profootballfocus.com. How much do you make of the meeting between these two teams earlier this season when, boy, Green Bay went out there and just got punched in the face?
1: I I think there are two different different teams, Green Bay at that point in the season and Green Bay now. Uh, But it has to worry you a little bit because Green Bay – their record is better than how they've played this season. And there's just every way you slice it, that, that is the case. I mean, they're a seven and a half point underdog right now to San Francisco. Minnesota was a seven point underdog. So that tells you how the market feels about Green Bay's strength, right? They, the teams that they beat, the good teams that they beat, are, are basically the Vikings, right? And, and those games were largely a function of Kirk Cousins being uh, incapable of throwing the football. So... Uh, there's a reason that the Niners are seven and a half point favorites. It's well warranted. They are the more talented team uh, at basically every single position. I guess you would say certainly Aaron Rodgers is more talented, but Aaron Rodgers, aside from this last game, uh, this past week has been very mediocre all season. I mean, he's been below average from a clean pocket uh, this, this entire regular season, this last game where he was miraculous on third down was really the first time in 15 weeks that we've seen him play really, really well. So there is there is a really good reason why the Niners are such big favorites.
2: Yeah, last one for me, George, is Ryan Tannehill. You know, he's got the best quarterback rating in the NFL. The Titans have led the league in yards per play. Where does he fit in, though, in the PFF grades? He's been great. Uh, he's, he
1: was our highest graded quarterback this season, which, you know, obviously didn't have the as large of a sample and he wasn't as valuable a quarterback as say Russell Wilson, who earned the most wins above replacement this season because he did it, you know, for a longer period of time. But when he has gotten the ball out of his hand, there's been no one better. The worry for me with Tannehill is that he takes sacks at the highest rate in the league. Nearly one out of every three times that he's under pressure, he goes down for a sack. So that is something that over the course of time like you're not going to win games doing that because you're not going to be able to get as many explosive plays as they've gotten but here's kind of the sneaky thing about the titans they have won these games with ryan Tannehill's arm i know everyone's talking about derrick henry but that 14 nothing lead they were they were losing the yards per run battle at that point in the game what got them 14 nothing was the fact they were averaging 10.5 yards per play on the passing side of the ball so Um, he's been fantastic and he's been one of the he's been the reason that Tennessee Titans team is where they are right now it's incredible any reason
0: to think that this run stops for Derrick Henry 180 yards in three straight games all on the road
1: it all depends how you feel about Ryan Tannehill to be honest with you right so if you look at where Derrick Henry was with Marcus Mariota not, not so great right Ryan Tannehill comes in they're now winning through the air and they're getting ahead of teams and once you get ahead of teams and you, you've beaten them down and you've gotten this lead and you put their defense on the field for all of these plays it is easier to run the ball if they can do that then that streak can continue but if they're going to go out there and try and build a 14-0 lead with Derrick Henry I do think it stops uh, in Kansas City because as we saw you're not going to beat Kansas you're not going to have a lead on Kansas City unless you throw the ball and continue to throw it and throw it well
0: Final question. It has nothing to do with sports and you may not be prepared for it. When you think of an annoying television character, George, someone that you might yell at in the public, or maybe even if you were violent, like Ross Tucker, punch in the face, (laughs) annoying character from movies, television shows, anyone come to mind in that regard? You'd like to get a piece of.
1: Wow. That is a great question. Um, man. You know, it's been a while since I have rigorously watched like a like a Netflix, you know, type of series or show. Yep. So I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to go to a show that I watch more regularly, which is uh, which is an ESPN show. And I I find myself Dan Orlovsky a lot of the time says things <laughs> that I like violently disagree with. <laughs> that being said, he does not compare to Rex Ryan, who I think at least once a week I look at the television and I go. What the F are you talking about, man? Like, what the hell is coming out of your mouth? Uh, I love his personality. He's hilarious. But he gets me fired up, which is probably his, uh, his intent. He's trying to fire me up.
0: That's a good one. I, I know Dan very well. He lives in my town. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll text him and, and let him know that you, uh, you sent your goodwill. <laughs> Maybe we can Look, I, make this happen.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll get him in uh, to Cincinnati, feed him some Skyline Chili and, uh, and show, them, show them what it's all about. No, both of those dudes are good dudes, but they, their, their opinions get me fired up about football, which is not a bad thing, I guess. I love that.
0: Good stuff. All right, George Saru, appreciate it. Enjoy Championship Weekend. We'll talk to you soon on the program. Thank you.
1: Same to you guys. Thanks, brothers. Hi,
0: everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home & Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the radio.com app or at radio.com home.